<laughs> yeah. This isn't about having fun. Why are you smiling? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Do Life Project. I'm Justin. I'm Josh. Let's go. All right, man. What are we doing here today? Today, I think we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a sip and read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to bring a book every every other week, or however often we decide to do this. We don't know. Okay. Because we're creative evangelists. You like, like that? Good word Did use. Did you like that? Yeah, you feel like you just pulled it up on your phone. Like, oh, I didn't. How can I broaden my vocabulary? I didn't. It's on the table. You can see. I can. Okay. Yeah. No, you, you were good. And we're going to talk about the book, and we're going to review key ideas and concepts and talk through our thoughts and give feedback on whether the book's worth the read or not and what you might gain from it. And we're going to sippy, sip, 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 sip. Yeah, because, you know, you you can't do that sober. So we're also going to review a couple of beers every week and... See what we think. One sip, everybody knows the rules. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, well, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. No, you, no, you no, no. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll Age go. before beauty. You're older than me. <laughs> so, that's fine. <laughs> Are you? I'm 32. Me too. Yeah, April. October, I turned 33. So yeah. I turned 33 in April. Okay, so I'm... Older than you. Yeah. So, all right, so you were right. Fucking accurate. Thank you. All right, so you provided the beer. So what are we drinking today? Well, our first beverage is Don't Worry from Wormtown Brewery, brewed and canned right in Worcester, Massachusetts. Hell yeah. Which we live in Massachusetts, for those that don't know. Now, usually, I, uh, I drink Be Hoppy. Clever play on words. It is. You can tell that that they're mass holes because we do that. Good marketing. Good marketing. And when I went to ring that up at the local convenience store, it was $18 for a four-pack. So I said, no, thank you. That's too much. I'll get the dollar store brew of Don't Worry. Uh, So it says, uh, Don't Worry is their take on Right Coast IPA. With the perfect amount of amber haze, big tropical fruit aromatics, and a touch of juicy hop bitterness. Juicy. So, why don't we take a sip? Now, for those that don't know, Justin is not big into beer. I'm not. He's more of a whiskey guy. Sure am. So, maybe, actually, maybe we'll alternate between beer and whiskey. Love it. How about that? I'm down. I mean, okay. I'll drink anything. Yeah. Don't no, get me wrong. Gasoline, piss, whatever. Sure thing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sterile. I like the taste. I fucking like it. All right. So cheers, brother. Cheers. Get a swirl it. Oh, this isn't a wine. No, I know. <laughs> what kind of legs does it have? <clears throat> Very aromatic. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's good um, from a non-beer drinker perspective. Kind of tastes like every other IPA. Okay, but I mean, I would I would drink it. I'm already I'm not gonna lie. I'm already halfway done. Well, let me ask you, how many of them would you drink before you were like, ah, I'd like to move on to something else? Uh, probably two. I would say two. Two sixteen ounces. Yeah, 
that size. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel like two would be would be my max. And then you'd want to move on to something a little lighter, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Bush. <laughs> Jesus Christ. To say that I don't like beer would be incorrect, but I'm not like a hoppy IPA. I'm going to seek out these like different breweries and stuff. Yeah, you're not a hipster from from Brooklyn. No, I have long hair and a beard, but that's about where my hipster <laughs> That's where it ends. Yeah, that's where my lineage ends. Not quite. No? What else you got? No. I where mean, the punk rock thing. Yeah. You play guitar. Yeah. Okay. Um, You don't have tattoos, so that doesn't play. I don't, I don't wear skinny jeans. But, but it's a little more than just the long hair. Uh, a little more. I th- okay, for, okay, so we're talking more of my... More of my, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out. And to be fair, they stole that from you. Yeah, they did. Bunch right? of fucks. So uh, it's not like you were like, oh. So really, you're, 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 you're talking about more of my, like, the way I present myself, the way I look. Um, and guitar. That's No, that, I mean, the, yeah, music's your, a big part of your personality. Okay. All right. I mean, we can agree to disagree. I feel like, so when I think of a hipster, I think of... Somebody that's kind of like snooty a little bit. Mm. Um, For sure. But I didn't say you were snooty. No, I know. I appreciate it. Yeah. I can be. I don't know where I was going with that. It's fine. Know, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's all right. You're not a hipster. Okay. Yeah, right. Jesus hey, Christ. Hey. Uh, scale of one to ten. What would you give? Uh, what would you give? Don't worry from Wormtown Brewery. All right. Well, actually, I'm going to flip that back to you. Okay. So what would you rank it from the perspective of somebody that does indulge in a in a beer every now and again? So hang on. Going in for another sip. Ooh, yeah. I would agree in that two, and I'm out. Two and out. Two, two and out. It's very hoppy, which I I like, but it's very like, uh, it's not fruity. Like it says, tropical fruit aromatics. I don't think that. I think the the hot bitterness is way more, um, way more there than the fruit aromatics. See, I actually think it's kind of fruity. Not like really, not like I'm you know eating a bag of Skittles or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah. I do. I do taste a little bit of. But you don't feel like the bitterness overpowers it. Oh, it totally does. Okay, but I mean, yeah. Again, I, I find any like really hoppy beer to yeah, just yeah. be overwhelming, too, too hoppy, too hoppy. Yeah. Uh, so I would out of ten. Yeah, I would probably give that like a six point two. Six point two. Yeah. Not a 6.5. 6.2. Yeah. Explain the point two to me, please. Uh, it's only slightly better than a six. It doesn't justify a six and a half. Okay. I mean, six. All right. I think I'm going to give it a five. A flat five. Rookie flat score. five. Yeah, just right in the middle. Again, nothing like blew me out of the water. Yeah. But nothing like, I don't know. It doesn't make me want to drink any more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it hasn't. It hasn't changed my opinion on... Mm, have you ever had a sour beer? I have no idea. You would know. Then no. Okay. I'm going to say no. Okay. You either love sour beer or you hate sour beer. Is it because it's super sour? It is. Um, do you like um, Warheads? I love Warheads. You'll love sour beer. You'll love... I mean... I love them, but I can only drink one or two, and then, like, my mouth starts to mm. <laughs> You know? But... Uh, Okay, so I'll get sour beer next time. So you can try some. I'm down. It's awesome. It's very good. 
this isn't bad. Again, I, I mean, I just gave it a five, but I continually pick it up yeah. to, yeah, to it's drink fine. it. So. It's drinkable. We're not saying it's fucking swill. It's definitely not swill. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. I don't know either. It sounded like Smeagol. Oh, my precious. Precious. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of Lord of the Rings. What? No, dude. Did you read the books? No. You should. No. No, it's too much. It is it's a too lot. Much. It's like a year of your life, dude. Yeah, I mean, so in terms of the movies, we can get into this real quick before we get into the book. I thought the Lord of the Rings trilogy was fantastic. From a movie standpoint, and I've read the books, taking it from paper to the screen, I thought Peter Jackson did incredible. The Hobbit couldn't have sucked anymore. That was horrible. Really? It should not have been done. Or it should not have been done in the way they did it. My recommendation would be to read the first book, Fellowship of the Ring, mm. and then watch the movie again. Mm. Not the extended cut, because that's like 17 hours Dude, long. It's just like... But just the so regular much. regular movie. I don't have that time. Like, what's the, the normal movie? is like four hours, dude. It's like three. The extended cut is four. Fucking, that's long. Dude. It is long. It is long. It's like... Um, it's like the Titanic. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League that came out like, last year. DC's trash. DC is trash. They can't figure it out. No, dude. And they it's depressing. Suck. It's they de- suck. They they have so many cool characters and they just cannot yeah. get their shit together. But it's just like, you know what it feels like? You know what it feels They do have cool characters, but they feel like the the Walmart brand of Marvel. I actually think in reality that it's the opposite. In like in the comic world, yeah. I believe that. Marvel ripped off more of DC's characters I'm sure they than did. DC ripped off Marvel. But, but you know what? It's about execution and delivery. Oh, hell yeah. Kevin Feige like rewrote how to handle these type of franchises. The best thing they did was the Christian Bale Bat- Batman trilogy. That was dope. And it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, they did a really good job. And then they fucked everything else up. Uh, yeah. What else? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I no. Got, yeah. I what got else? Nothing. Superman no. sucks. Uh, Man of Steel was okay. All right. I wouldn't say it sucks. But they couldn't keep Henry Cavill. No, because... And I think that's the problem. So I think DC has just this imperfect view on how to do this. What Marvel did really well was they casted, aside from Robert Downey Jr., I don't want to say unknown actors, but they weren't like... They weren't superstars. No, Chris Hemsworth wasn't. Uh, Chris Evans wasn't. Chris Evans. Chris was, Evans Chris, wasn't. He was in a lot of stuff. He was Chris in Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Evan, but that was Jesus Christ. So long before he was and in, it and it sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, um, but that came out when I was in school. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a while ago. And even like Green Lantern, that that bombed. Yeah, that was a bad movie. That was a terrible movie. Even, and and then, I love that even Ryan Reynolds is is aware enough that he's like, yeah, this sucks. And then and then Ryan Reynolds <clears throat> goes Deadpool. Oh, perfect. Marvel. Deadpool, they they just got out of Ryan Reynolds' way. I, yes. I love the fact that he was just, <laughs> I'm doing this. And they were like, well, no. And then he was like, okay, I'm it's just It's actually gonna... Deadpool playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds was like, I'm just going to release the test footage. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you going to do? And it, that blew up. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, fine. And now he's on the third movie. What I do wish. Money hand over fist. And he's amazing. I fucking love Ryan Reynolds. 
What I he'd do, he'd be my one pass. Fuck yeah, dude. I love him. Go for it. Let me lick it up after. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, the 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 Wolverine movie that came out. Uh, which one? The the last one where he's like losing his powers. Logan. You Logan. Yep. Yes. That was very frustrating to watch just because you see, you know, Wolverine throughout my entire childhood, my favorite, my favorite Marvel character and invincible, right? Like the, the most badass dude. So it was very frustrating to see him be weak and like Professor Xavier's dying and stuff. But the movie was raw and I loved that about the movie, which is one thing I love about the boys. I love that like, show. Dude, that show is fucking amazing. Are you done with season three? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. But it's like, I feel like that should be the, like, dark should be the direction. They should be, like, did you see Love and Thunder? I did. What did you think? I loved it. You did? I did. I and, did not. And I loved it because of, I I went in with the expectation that this was not going to be, like, an action movie. So I didn't I, think it was going to be an action movie either, but it, there was no like real story arc. Like there was nothing added to the character or the story because of that movie. Jane Foster dies. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't okay. so okay, and first of all, anybody that is into comics, you probably knew that Jane Foster died cuz they pulled this directly from the the comics. Like the okay. this storyline is directly from a run called the mighty thor um actually one of the scenes where i'm gonna butcher the dude's name valagar i don't know the giant snow god that was killed by gore that frame is pulled right out of the comics like it verbatim like down to the blood running out of his nose no kidding so uh so for you, it's more of a callback to the comic book. So you're cool with that. Uh, yeah, but but my my dad, who is a huge comic book fan, has an entire third floor of his house dedicated to comic books and Big Mike. Big Mike. Um, he hated the movie. Hated it. He did. Oh, he so did. Hated it. Yeah. But there was enough there for me that I again I was entertained. I thought they did right by Jane's character, and I thought that Thor himself I, I i thought that his arc was interesting so throughout the throughout the whole thing you just gave me a look like what the fuck is wrong with you through through all of the movies he has been on a path to figure himself out he is the only character that is just fucking lost he is the most humanized character he he keeps having people die he doesn't know like what he wants to do he thinks he wants to be king i feel like iron man was very lost and went through a very similar arc. Iron Man got his shit together from the start of the first movie. By the end of it, he was good. He was Iron Man. Yeah. I think uh, he lost his mind after the battle in New York and he was just had PTSD. I yeah. don't I don't think he had any question of who he needed to be as a person. Mm, okay. Where with Thor, again, the first movie, he's just this warrior. He is a true Viking. The second movie, which sucked. Nobody watched that movie. It should burn in hell. But again, he's now still going down that path where he even talks about how, you know, I, I used to like long for war and now yeah. I want peace. I want to be able to guide my people Don't and everything like that. They, they, they sort of like castrated him in the movie though. They did. So 
Infinity War and Endgame storylines for Thor, I thought really brought him together. Yeah. So, again, his dad died, his brother died, his best friend died. He doesn't have a hammer anymore. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything about him has been that, taken away. That was funny. So what I will say is the movie was funny. Oh, it was hilarious. The I fucking was, goats. <laughs> yeah. And like his fucking, his axe keeps getting oh, angry yeah. at the, I thought, I thought it was funny. Yeah. But I think that it did a disservice to his character. I can understand that. I, I, I disagree, but I can understand how that, that could be the perception. I have no issue with that. Fair. And I think that they could, they could have done a better job. I wanted to see more of gore. Yeah. And supposedly there's a lot more filmed. Like, I mean, Christian Bale talked about all these scenes that had to be cut because they were just too... Dude, he was too dark. amazing. He did a great job. He was fucking He's amazing. just super talented. Yes, he is. He was phenomenal, dude. Phenomenal. And I liked, like, the overall story of it. Mm-hmm. I thought was interesting and entertaining. I thought the movie was entertaining. I wasn't like you know, pulling my hair out. It was just as a fan of the entire universe mm. and the part that Thor plays, I just, just like, he, it's just like... I think my big question is where do we go from here with him though? Yeah. Like now now we're on this quest with with your, uh, your quote-unquote daughter, which yeah. is not your daughter, uh, whatever. Sort of weird. I like, and her, is her name love? I have no that fucking just, idea. Whatever. That I brain dumped. His his actual daughter in real life. Oh, it is. Yeah, I don't know that. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, where do we go with this? Like, do do we see Thor as a dad? No, no, not really. No, and 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 how far would you have to like fast forward for her to be an adult warrior? Right. Yeah, you can't do that either. Yeah, I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner a bit. I, I or or it's going to be this like thing where oh she's gone now and and you know she's with fucking her aunt or <laughs> you know what I mean some like weird bullshit. She's been rehomed. Thing. Yeah, she's like oh we put her up for adoption actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, just couldn't like, handle it. Just, she kept yeah, drawing on my fucking hammer. She was eating me out of house and home. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> Gonna keep up with them. I couldn't keep up. How <laughs> do people do this? Yeah. I'm a fucking god. <laughs> You know, so I just, I, yeah, where do we go from here? I think is a great question. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know. I mean, or do we just relegate Thor to like a supporting character? He doesn't have any more standalone movies, but he's in the team ups. He gets to be with the Guardians. He gets to kind of pick and choose the spots. That way you don't need to deal with the with the daughter anymore. She can be gone. Where is she? Oh, but she's again, back home watching the ship. That's a disservice to the character. I Why? mean, it has to end at some, because, because. That's a shit you reason. Want, you want that to be the final standalone movie for Thor? Not this big culmination of his revelation of who, who he is and, and what he's meant for? Okay. Like, like, for me, it would be rebuilding, like, Asgard for real. Like, in... in- yeah. In space, not yeah. in space, yeah, but wherever in, it is. In the unit, not fucking, like it would be yeah. really rebuilding it and really, you know, that would be the culminating factor for him where I would be like, okay. Would he rule? You think he should rule? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he should take his place, right? Sort of, I've, okay, I went on this big long arc to figure out who I am and feel worthy of ruling these people. I think that's it. I think it's, he. he's just... 
And that's why I think I like him so much because, again, he is such a human. He's a shit show. Char- yeah. <laughs> he's a mess. <laughs> yeah, he's a shit show. Man, an endgame just being, just drinking himself. <laughs> yeah, like a fat slob. Yeah, dude. like just. It was amazing. Look at him and go, I feel that. I get it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. The way you just said that, I wouldn't want this to be his last name. Yeah, no. And then Thor is just a supporting character. That's insanity, dude. Okay, maybe supporting character was the wrong way to say it. Like, maybe what, like a he's co-star. fucking Ant-Man now? Hey, like, that's hey, crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah, okay. All right, so we've been sipping on the beer. What do you think about getting into the book? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, dude. Hit right. me with... Uh, hit-, hit me with your fat cock! <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Give me that mushroom stamp, bro. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Oh. All right, so yeah. this week... The first week, decided to bring a book titled The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. This was written by Stephen Pressfield, and it was published first in 2002. We are now in 2022, which is a long time. Still relevant? Very relevant. Okay. So let me read. (laughs) You can. You can read. It's debatable. (laughs) You're like, oh, just words and music, bitch. Yeah. All right, so let me read you the back of the book just to kind of give you a feeler as to what we're going to get into. Mm. Then we can talk about kind of what I took away from the book. I have a bunch of things that are highlighted. Maybe we'll get to all of them. Maybe we'll get to none of them. Um, Full but, disclosure. Yeah. I have, I've done zero. I, I downloaded this book on Audible. I saw that. I've done zero research i love it i have not listened to a word of the book um so all of this will be brand new concepts to me awesome and we'll just talk about it all right well let's Let's get into it let's go so i'm gonna read the back of the book just for reference stephen pressfield is not just a nonfiction author he does fiction as well uh he wrote legend of bagger vance which i thought was pretty cool i love the movie I didn't know there was a book or a movie. Okay. Well, that's on your list to watch. <laughs> okay. It's very good. When did that come it's, out? A while ago. It's with Matt Damon and no Will shit. Smith. Really? Yep. What's the name of it? The Legend of Bagger Vance. It's a golf movie. What the fuck? It's good. It's good. You'll, you'll Matt enjoy Damon it. and Will Smith right now? How have I never? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's cool. Okay. I'll check it out. All right. So the War of Art. The back starts. Do you... Dream about writing the great American novel? Regret not finishing your paintings, poems, or screenplays? Want to start a business or a charity? Wish you could start dieting or exercising today? Do you hope to run a marathon someday? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need the war of art. In this powerful, straight-from-the-hip examination of the internal obstacles to success, best-selling author Stephen Pressfield shows readers how to identify, defeat, and unlock the inner barriers to creativity. The War of Art is an inspirational, funny, well-aimed kick in the pants guaranteed to galvanize every would-be artist, visionary, or entrepreneur. And it is funny. I'll give, I I will say that this book for being, I don't want to say self-help, but in that kind of vein. Yeah, yeah. It was an easy read. It really was. Um, Some of the pages have a paragraph on them. Some of them are actual like stories. Yeah. But it flowed really, it flows really nice. Okay. It's very easy. So, like the back of the book said, this is really, 
all about kind of finding your groove in the creative space. So as we've talked about, I mean, I love to write music. Uh, I grew up in a very artistic family. My dad is big into painting, photography, um, fish printing, like really anything to do with creating. He's he's all about. My brother is a great, great drawer. His his shit, Big Mike shit, super dope too. Um, my mom is ultra creative. She used to do these like floral arrangements that she'd put all over the house. Yeah, and ju- I, I was always exposed to art and in, in the creative side of life. And I'm very appreciative of it because it really has kind of shaped who I am as a person. But what this book talks about that I think is overlooked a lot is how fucking hard it is to be creative, especially when, like me, I mean, you want to do it for a career. A career. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, I enjoy being in marketing. I think that I'm good at it. I get to be creative, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same as sitting down with my guitar or sitting down with you and, and just talking. Creating something together. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's artistic autonomy when it's something that you're creating or we're creating without the overlord's oversight, yeah. right? Yes. And like these big guardrails, which guardrails on an artist, which let me be very clear. There is not an artistic bone in my fucking body. (laughs) I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't fucking Photoshop. You can talk. I can talk. I can talk. When it comes to to physical art, that is not, not a place that I am gifted. So this is just my perspective on whenever you put guardrails on an artist, you're you're handcuffing them. Right? Like my my tattoo artist, I'm always like this is my idea, this is my concept. You're the artist, by all means, put your own spin on it, right? Cuz you're going to have a much better perspective on the art than I am. I can get I can I can understand where you're coming from. But I think something that holds a lot of people back is is the idea that you need to be good at something and mm. you need to be I, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Not that you need to be at the finish line, but you need to know what the end result is going to be. Before you even get Before started. Before you start, mm. you, need to, you need to feel like from start to finish, mm. I know every step and I know how every step is going to turn out. That is very true. I feel like, like um, when I first started running and, you know, actually running, right. And training for marathons and ultra marathons and stuff like that. I felt like I needed to have, and, and, you know, there, there are some people that are not like this, right. There are some people that can just be like, oh, fuck it and, and go for it. I feel like the vast majority of the population is not like that. But, you know, when I, when I was first trying to, I, I, I had always had this goal of running a marathon and I always used that excuse. Like, well, I don't know. I don't have a training regimen. I don't know. What does it even take? And that like almost overwhelming task of gathering information on whatever, right? Whether it's running a marathon or your first jujitsu tournament or playing guitar or piano. It seems to be so much. There's a fuck it, dude. Like it's not even, it's like, I'll just, I'm good. Forget it. So what you're talking about in the book does a great job of, of talking about this and making it like a, 
not a human, but something that you like feel. It's another entity. That's called the resistance. Mm. This the first half of this book. I like that. Is about the resistance. And I'm gonna read this page that's all of five lines that tells you what the resistance is. Okay. So the resistance cannot be seen, touched, heard, or smelled, but it can be felt. We experience it as an energy field radiating from a work in potential. Mm. It's a repelling force. It's negative. It aims to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. And the resistance could be anything, and I'm no longer quoting, so. Yeah. From sex to masturbation to checking the fucking news. Yeah. Anything that you put before the art, the creation. The goal. Is the resistance. So I've always, and you tell me if you think that this is sort of the same in one or if this is totally different, right? I've always thought that people live within a comfort zone, mm. right? They live, and if you think about it like your thermostat, right? You live at 70 degrees. Well, if it gets up to 72, the thermostat pulls it back down to 70, right? Yep. If it gets down to 68, the thermostat will push it back up to 70. So you're always staying within this comfort zone. So like you've heard of people will self-sabotage their own success. You ever heard about that? Sure. To me, that is somebody not being able to break through that 72 degrees, that comfort zone ceiling, right? Spot on. You have this self-image of like, this is who I am. This is what I'm worth. Um, this is the level of success that I can achieve. So when you get close to the next level, you're like, fuck. And even if it's subconscious, right? And I did this in, in my early career. Like you will just fuck up. And you're like, God, why the fuck did I do that? But if you fall too low, if you fall too low, you'll push to get back to your comfort zone as well. True. I don't know. Do you feel like that's that's one and the same? It's just sort of that maybe the resistance and this comfort zone is cousins. Yeah. What do you think? No, I I feel like it. I feel like you're describing the same thing. It's just a different way to call it. Mm. I think it all comes back to motivation. Mm. And like even the book, it talks about how procrastination is the resist. The, 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 is the words are hard. It's words fine. are so hard. The the resistance's main mode is procrastination. And this quote kind of spoke to me. And it's not, we don't tell ourselves, I'm never going to write my symphony. Instead, we say, I'm going to write my symphony. I'm just going to start tomorrow. Mm. And tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so what you just God. said about motivating and, and being in this comfort zone, I think that's spot on. I think that's really kind of what we talk about. Maybe you start to write that symphony, right? Maybe you start it and you get halfway through. And then you're like, oh, God, you know, and you stop for a Then it gets weeks. hard. And then it gets hard. Yeah, and then it gets hard. Something that I found interesting was this gives you a list of 11 things. It's called the resistance, Resistance's Greatest Hits. I'm not going to read all 11 because I think from 1 until 10, they're yeah. pretty straightforward. Okay. But number 10 I thought was interesting, and it's any act that entails commitment to the heart 
the decision to get married, to have a child, to weather a rocky patch in a relationship. And then number 11, the taking of any principled stand in the face of adversity. Thought that was interesting because these things are, we're, we're past creation. We're past creating now. The, this is real life. Yeah. And, you, and people get hung up on how they really feel and how they really should be acting, whether it's influence from society, whether it's I should be doing this, I should be doing that. I never thought of that, that the resistance isn't just what you're creating, but it can be applied to your whole life. How you interact in relationships. Yeah. That's very interesting. So, the bo- I mean, the book goes on to talk a lot about the resistance. And another part that I found really interesting was that from a, cre- from a creation standpoint, okay, today is, today is Monday. And I did my job and I created. Yeah. I beat the resistance. Yeah. Yep. Tomorrow, I got to start all over again. Yes. It's a brand it's a brand new battle. It's a brand yes, 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 yes. So so I uh <laughs> I I I steal this from Joe Rogan and I call it my inner bitch. And every morning when I wake up at five AM so my bed is nice and warm. I got a nice fucking sleep IQ, sleep omatic fucking whatever mattress up there that contorts to my body and it's got the cooling shit and and the whole fucking nine dude right and my dog is there and my wife's there and nobody's up and it's dark out and it's nice and comfortable and I don't want to get out of bed dude there's not a fucking ounce of me that on Wednesday morning wants to get out of bed but I know that if I don't I revert back to that fat piece of shit from fucking 2003 that played Call of Duty Black Ops, you know, fucking 10 hours a day, right? And it's not... It's impressive. It, oh, my God, dude. It's like, dude, I was... Yo, for those in the know, my KD was 4.21. I have no idea what that Killed is. Kill to death ratio. Okay. That's fucking pro status, bro. Okay. Pro, and that was house. That was the proudest thing in my life at that point. So every, it's not about. And when I say get up, it's because I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna fucking run a five k on my lunch. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do jujitsu for fucking two or three hours at night. Like it's not just about being in shape or being able to defend oneself or their family. It's how you do everything is how you do anything. And if I can get up at 5 a.m. and get the hardest part of my day done, get up, go to the gym, lift heavy-ass fucking weights for two hours, like, I want the hardest part of my day to be something that I control. And if I can beat that, if I can beat the resistance, that fucking voice in your head that's like, eh, one day, one day's not going to kill you. Right? One day's not going to make... But here's the deal. Life gives you days off. Yep. Right? Sure does. So I, 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 I don't even think I told you this. I was doing hack squats and blew my back out a couple days ago. Huh. Right? Okay. <laughs> we talked about this on the first episode. Yeah. Okay? And I mean, dude, I stood up. Now, mind you, there's an extremely good-looking girl on the leg press on the left of me, which I'm married, so like... 
they, nothing, nothing's gonna ever fucking yeah, happen. It's the point of pride, though. It's but the- it's a point of pride, dude. Yeah, it's a point of pride. It's such a silly thing as men. We're so hardwired for this. And I fucking boom. I come up two twenty five. Right, I'm hack squatting two twenty five. Come down, come up. I feel the pop, and I was like, <gasps> I know, I know exactly what just <laughs> happened, dude. I know exactly, and I'm like, oh my, cool. oh my fucking god! So I pull, I pull the thing. Get the dude. I immediately start sweating. <laughs> you know when you're like really fucking hurt? Yeah. Immediately, I dude. I'm like pouring sweat. This girl is definitely like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I clean the machine off because you can't be a piece of shit and not sanitize. I go, I leave. Well, that took me out of the gym and out of jujitsu and out of running for t- for like three days. Yep. You know, I, I just, I started again yesterday. Life will give you days off. You're going to get sick. Your kids are going to have baseball games. Yeah, your body or your body will tell you, hey, listen. That's right. But. But there's also a line between I'm sore and I'm, and I'm tired and I'm hurt and I'm injured, yeah. right? Injured, sorry, yes. And yeah, hurt, injured, whatever. Like there's a line and your inner bitch is going to tell you or the resistance is going to tell you my legs are really sore. One day's okay. One day's okay. Or, your or favorite show is on. Maybe you did pull a hamstring. Mm. If you're fucking walking, you're fine, dude. You're okay. It's going to be, if you can breathe right, you're you're good. You're okay. You're good. It's okay. So I just, I I find the resistance to be a very interesting topic. So, and again, I think the book does a really good job of going into the resistance and all the the tricks that it can pull and Mm. everything like that. Uh, Whether it is, again, you sit down on the couch before you're supposed to go to the gym and your favorite movie's on. Yeah. Or you're reading a good book and you're like, ah, shit, I have to go do this. Or I find for myself... When I go, I typically, I don't write, I, I play my guitar every day, but I don't write until the second part of the week is, is Wednesday on. I don't know why I do that. I always you write have. from Wednesday on? Yeah, I okay. write Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Sometimes if I haven't recorded like what I wanted to, I'll do it Saturday. Yep. But typically Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are all like practice days. Got it. But I have a young son. And part half of the, some of the time, it requires me to to go downstairs to my studio before he goes to bed. Sometimes these are the decisions you have to make. Yeah. If you want to be creative, if you want to push yourself and get to that next level, you need to understand what is required, what's important, and then what can be moved. So, I think that for you to be the best parent or mentor or leader of someone, you need to be happy and you need to be fulfilled. 100%. And you need to have passion. And that's something that took me a long time to like realize. I thought that, and my son is my entire world. I love him. I'll do anything for him. What's that saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. I hate that saying, but it's accurate. it's true. Like, I mean, there there was a time where I didn't play my guitar. I barely worked out. I did nothing. To, to make myself a better person, and it showed. Yes. Um, yes, you have to do, you have, like, I am, I am a better husband when I work at, when I lift in the morning, when I do my run, and when I do jujitsu, I am, I am a better husband. I am more understanding. I am more patient. Mm. I communicate better. I'm more affectionate. 
when I don't have those things, I am a, even if, dude, 10 hours with your wife or your kid on a Saturday, if those 10 hours are you fucking miserable, you're feeling like shit about yourself versus two hours where it's amazing and you feel great and they feel great and you're able to interact in a very positive. I take the good two hours over the bad 10 every day. 100%. Yeah. And I I am in the camp and I don't know if, my wife will agree or not. I am in the camp where, like, my wife will always be number one over the kid because my relationship with my wife dictates our parenting and the life that we're able to provide. If I don't put my wife number one and she feels, in in my opinion, she feels second, we get divorced that is a worse life for the kid. Not only that, but I chose my wife. Yeah? My kid, I made my kid. That's so, I love you. Of course I love you. I'll be there forever. Of course. Well, you chose to make the kid, though. But I didn't choose that kid. I chose my wife. What I'm saying is, I yes, I chose to have a But I chose to have a child with that woman. Yes. Right? Yes. And I need to make sure that that relationship is viable because guess what? That kid's going to turn 18 and that kid's going to leave. And rightfully mm, so, so. Hopefully, right? And you're going to be stuck there with this woman that maybe you have fallen out of 10 years ago, but you fucking stuck around because, no, when you put your relationship with your wife or your partner or whoever – First, I think that makes you, again, you tell me, maybe I'm fucking way off the mark, but I think that makes you a better pair of parents, a stronger household. Like, like if it's... All right, let me ask you this question. Yeah, yeah go ahead. So your wife and your child mm-hmm. are hanging off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Who do you let go? Mm. And And... I'm going to save you. I'm, well, I'm not going to save you. But based- the kid, I, I let go of the kid. Okay. So when you have a child, that answer will change. I don't think so. See, this is why I'm nervous about having a kid. You don't Because you, maybe it should change. You don't think so, but you haven't experienced it yet. So yeah. You don't, you don't that's know. That's fair. And, and knowing you, I yeah. can tell you, <laughs> yeah. it will change. You would drop her so fucking fast, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, see ya. See, but oh is, wait, there's not even a problem. Bye. Is that good though? I don't know. Is that the? Is that good? So, the like, wh- how? Like, does that make you feel good? Feeling like Tessa would fucking drop you before your son? Yeah. And maybe because we're men, it's different. I don't yes. know. Yes. Drop me. Yeah. I I think that again, I, you need to experience it yeah. to to fully understand. But all the stuff that you said you're worried about, mm. if you're if you and your partner are willing to work together, all comes together with the child being number one. It all happens. So it's number one for you as a team. Yes, I still think you should be number one for each other. I disagree, and and the and again the reason I disagree is because our relationship is already it's already formed. Yeah, but it, that can deteriorate. Yeah, it could deteriorate without a kid. It could. 
but it's way worse to deteriorate with a kid. So it doesn't it make sense to put an emphasis on it? I th- I think you can do both. But I'm but and again, may may maybe Maybe there's a middle ground here. I'm sure there's a middle ground. Right? And it's all it's all perception. It's all how you you feel yeah. about it. But again, I can say with a great degree of confidence that your feelings will change. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Ask me too. I might. Okay. You you and Tessa have decided you're only going to have one. One and you're done. Not, yeah, you're not you're not doing another. No. For and we discussed how yeah. hard it was on, one ball. on the last one. <laughs> one ball. <laughs> well, aesthetically two. Mm. Functionally one. If you had two kids, yep. Do you feel like you would have a favorite? My first. Your first would be your favorite. Yes. For sure. Yes. Even if the second was a girl. Yes. Really? Yes. Why? He was first. Because he was... <laughs> I, have, I have no other reasoning aside from that. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. Like, how can you... That's fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, the non-existent child. The first one's a fucking drug addict all strung out, oh. selling their body. The second one's maybe, a doctor. Maybe I can change my mind. And you're like, the first one's my favorite. Why? Because he was first. He was number one. All right, fair enough. He was number one. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, again, we're, we're definitely not having a second unless some... I feel like... And some, yeah, some... some fucking weird... Fucking I don't even want to call it a miracle. Yeah, it'd be... It'd actually be more like... Ha-ha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ha-ha. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. Two kids, three dogs, two cats. Fuck that. I feel like it's human nature to have a favorite yes right oh yeah so oh here's an interesting question what's up who do you think is the favorite from your parents me you without hesitation both denise and and big mike yeah sorry sorry dude sorry austin (laughs) how do you why you said that very confidently i'm first you're first so i i have no idea if my, I don't think my brother's the favorite. I don't even know if I'm the favorite. <laughs> You're um, both just fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like shit. We really fucking hit the loser lottery. No, here. I think Big Mike. I think I don't know Denise as well as I know Big Mike, but um, I feel like you're Big Mike's favorite. Oh, I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, I think that it's it's an interesting question because my brother and I are very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're almost seven years apart but even still like i wouldn't say polar opposites we have some similarities but yeah personality we're pretty different pretty far apart yeah um but my parents had almost seven years of just me yeah wow so i didn't know he was that much how old is he 20 he'll be 26 in august oh my i didn't know he was that much younger than us yeah you want to know why why because i cried for six months straight (sighs) Yeah, actually, when we were doing our photo shoot, Mike was like, "I yeah. was questioning my sanity." He said, "He so <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm blowing you up, but he actually had a call like a helpline because I yes. was so yes bad. Yeah, I was again. I was sick. That's uh, what he told the me. The doctors lost my like medical information. I had an iron deficiency that we didn't yeah, know he about. Figure, they couldn't figure out how to shut you the fuck up. Yeah, That's what I he wouldn't. Said. I wouldn't eat. That's what he said." Yeah, it was. He yeah. he told me it was about six months of just nonstop. That it got to a point where he had to call a phone number, and they yeah. were like, "Hey, 
put him in the crib and go outside. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. And let him cry. Thankfully, my son slept through the night right away and everything like that. But good ki- well, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. He's he's pretty chill. He's a bit of a madman, but Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but he's he's pretty chill. I mean Oh, compa- the kid com- sleeps through fucking literally everything earthquakes. Oh yeah, <laughs> but the, the you know? but when he gets like in those fits, mm. after like forty five minutes, I'm pulling out my hair. Yeah, I'm like, dude, oh, could man. you imagine six months? No, dude, fuck. Oh, I would just weep openly. And Mike's got pretty good hair. He does. So yeah, I don't know. Could have ruined that. Maybe know. that's where you get it from. It's my mom. It's your mom. Yeah, I know you're not. Uh, into jujitsu yet? Yet. Okay. I'm gonna say yet. Okay. Because I'm gonna get you there. All right. <clears throat> You're gonna go. We're gonna do that sick fucking video that that we've been kicking around. Sure are. And you're gonna get addicted, which is good. It's gonna be amazing for you. You're gonna love it. However, do you know who Gordon Ryan is? No. Okay. I know who Gordon Ramsay is. Okay. Yeah. So Gordon Ryan is the Gordon Ramsay of jujitsu. Okay. Gordon, you remember, like, we've talked about, like, oh, it doesn't look hard doesn't mean that it's not hard. Yes. Okay. It's fascinating so, to me. So, last night, Gordon Ryan had a championship match with Pedro Marino. Okay. Pedro Marino is a multiple-time world champion black belt. Also, cousin to Dan Marino. Who? No. No, probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> But that would be something. But they spell it different, so it can't be. Gordon Ryan destroyed him. Okay. Okay? I mean, like, embarrassing. Like, demoralized. Like, bad, dude. And he does it to everybody. And you look at him and you're like, how the fuck is this guy doing it to, like, literally the best people in the fucking world, dude? Justin, he writes how he's going to submit them in a card and gives it to the judges before the match. Savage. <laughs> and then, dude, not only did, he's done it where he did the submission, the time, and what did he do? He did the submission, the time, and, and like how he got there. So it was like, it was like uh, I'm going to pass half guard to full mount. I'm going to get a, a head and arm choke on the left-hand side. That's like when fucking Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> when he's like, to confuse. Yes. Hit him, hit him with the right hook. <laughs> yes. Grab parcel and hit him. Dude, I mean, just like, you're not, I would, I would just YouTube Gordon Ryan and okay. watch like two matches. And you're going to be like, wow, he is like, looks so, like, so easy. That's so like. It's kind of ridiculous how easy, effortless, dude. Where if it was like me or you and we went up against fucking Pedro Marino, it it would be a slaughter, dude. Oh yeah, he would dismantle us both at the same time. And I've been doing it a year, which is not very long in jujitsu life. He would destroy us, dude. Hmm. And Gordon Ryan steamrolled him last night in twenty five minutes. So. We're, we're going to tie this back into the book, and I have a question. Okay. Do you do anything before you train that is now, like, routine to get you to get you into that spot, to get you into that headspace? 
So, uh, <laughs> I've tried again. I've only been doing it a year, which in jujitsu is not a long time at all. Um, compared to the guy walking in off the street, that's a very long time. <laughs> I was about a, to say, I feel like a year, like when I go in, is going to be a massive, like, massive skill level difference. Might as well not even show up. <laughs> now, well, no, you got to show up. Uh, cause everybody has a day one and everybody's going to fight a guy that's been there a year. And you know what I mean? I, I fight guys that have been there for 20 years <laughs> and they wipe the fucking floor with me. But, um, so I've tried a couple of things, right? At first I tried, um, like to get into a, a like violent, angry headspace before I went into the gym. Right, so I would play like super aggressive music and just try and like get to this very angry, dark place because you're going in to do a combat sport. And uh, it didn't make jujitsu fun. It didn't make it um, enjoyable. So I was like, eh, let me like let me switch up because let me. Let, when when you're in class and you're doing and you're doing and you're going through we call them rolls sparring we call it rolling, um, you know there's there's a playlist on and what I noticed was like some of the guys would play like Bob Marley, or like super chill beach vibe music, and my jujitsu was so much better when I was in like that super calm 1000% not what I would expect I would have like some kill switch engage going like dude calm flowy I'm like I'm like singing the song as I'm you know as I'm like going for an RNC I switched it up and I would play I would like so I I I lift in the morning I run in the afternoon I always find that I am better at jujitsu when I do that because it allows me to go into jujitsu with a mind space of I am here to get better at the art. I am here to be a better jujitsu practitioner. I'm not here for a workout. My goal is not to have this insane cardio session for the next two, although that's <laughs> that's what it turns into. But my goal is not to come in here and have this crazy hit session which is what it was in the beginning when I was like, fucking let me put on angry slipknot and, and you know, crazy fucking music to get I was I was like, oh, I'm gonna go in here, I'm gonna get a fucking crazy workout. No. I do my lifting, I do my running, and when I go to jujitsu, it is how do I become a better jujitsu practitioner? So that that's a big part of the regiment and the routine is making sure that I do those things so that I can focus on my technique when I'm there. And then I usually eat watermelon. That sounds super weird. I fucking love watermelon. Yeah, it's I the use, best. Yeah, I, I'll eat watermelon or an apple. And I've tried a bunch of different types of food before going in, in training from like a full meal, like a steak or something like that a, a few hours before. Like I throw up? It is so bad. I have thrown up in the middle of the roll, swallowed it, and kept rolling. Not a good time. Um, so now I'll do some sort of a fruit, whether it's usually either an apple or watermelon. 
I listen to super chill, calm music before I get there. I, I usually show up about 20 minutes prior to class and I get dressed and um, I do my stretching, Thuragon, I foam roll. And then my first roll is always with somebody that I know very, very well. It's usually a black belt or a brown belt is who I roll with first. And it's a very, it's it's called flow rolling. So it's like, you're not trying to win. It's not about getting a submission. It's, it's about just flowing, right? And you're going to give a little and you're going to take a little and you're going to give a little and where when it, when you're like rolling, rolling, you're not fucking giving an inch, right? So that's, that's my routine walking in there. So I think that segues nicely into the second half of the book. Again, we've been talking about the, um, the war of art written by Stephen Pressfield. I always want to call it Pittsfield and I don't know why Pressfield. Um, but the second half of the book is all about how you defeat the resistance, how you get past that mental block and, and actually show up and do your workout or write your symphony or whatever, whatever, whatever it, is. it may be. Yeah. And I thought this was really interesting. So one thing that is pretty consistent is that there's routine, which mm-hmm. is not something that I really would have thought of, but the way that you set up, the, and get ready for your activity or your day or whatever has such an impact. And I thought that his pre-writing routine was interesting, and I'm, I'm going to share it with you. Okay. So what he does is if he has any phone calls to make, he makes them, makes his coffee, gets ready for the day. Then he puts on, and then I'm going to quote from the book. He says, I put on my lucky work boots and stitch up the lucky laces that my niece Meredith gave me. I head back to my office and crank up the computer. My lucky hooded sweatshirt is draped over the chair with the lucky charm I got from a gypsy in St. Maurice de la Mer. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. For only 80 bucks. And my lucky Largo name tag that came from a dream I once had, I put it on. On my, thes- mm-hmm. on my thesaurus. Is Words my- are hard. They're so hard. On my thesaurus. on my thesaurus is my lucky cannon that my friend bob versandi gave me from moro castle cuba and this is my favorite part i point it toward my chair so it can fire inspiration into me and he's ready to write and what i thought was interesting without knowing it i have a bit of a routine before I start playing my guitar. I'm sure. Yeah, tell a, me about it. And there's another there's another quote that I thought was really interesting, and I got to find it real quick. So it starts, when I lived in the back of my Chevy van, I had to dig my typewriter out from beneath layers of tire tools, dirty laundry, and moldering paperbacks. My truck was a nest, a hive, a hellhole on wheels, whose sleeping surface I had to clear each night just to carve out a foxhole to snooze in. The professional cannot live like that. He is on a mission. He will not tolerate disorder. He eliminates chaos from his world in order to banish it from his mind. He wants the carpet vacuumed and the threshold swept so the muse may enter and not soil her gown. I fucking hate when my creative space 
has it is different than how I left it. I fucking hate when wires are all over the place. Yeah. And things are not like how they should. Now, if you look in my studio, you would think it's messy, but I know where everything is. I don't think I don't think it's messy. No, I, <laughs> I know where everything goes. I know where all my cords are. I know where every extra pick is. I know where anything I could possibly need. It's like the messy room that your parents clean when you're like, I knew where everything was. It's it's so important to be in a space that's comfortable mm-hmm. and operational. Mm-hmm. You you shouldn't have to dig out your typewriter when you feel inspiration. I shouldn't have to fight through whatever it is to get to my guitar. Yes. Yes. Creating should be readily available. I love that. It yeah. should yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, being present, being present for creativity to strike a lot of people i feel and and you can tell me whether i'm right or wrong like you you have to be and i think we talked about this earlier actually you have to be motivated to start yeah you have to have like a direction to go in you you need you have to, to have you ha- okay so you have to have a general azimuth a what yes An- gonna, another gonna, scrabble word gonna, for joshua i'm gonna pull it back to the army an azimuth is a direction of travel 278 degrees, 68 degrees, 37 degrees, okay? When you're on a land navigation course or when you're trying to find a point or a general area, you will plot it on a topographic map. You use a protractor and you're, you know, and you'll figure out, okay, I got to go. It's 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 367 meters from this point to this point and I have to travel in this general location. I've been in the Army 13 years. I've done a shitload of land navigation. Never fucking once have I shot an azimuth and walked on to my point exactly where I'm supposed to be. Never fucking once. You know what you have to do? It's interesting. You get to the general location. You have a pace count, right? My pace count is 98, so you have to understand your capabilities. You have to understand yourself Right? And a pace count, I think, is a good representation. So for every two steps that I take, that's a pace. 98 paces is 100 meters for me. Okay. On flat ground. That's cool that you know that. On flat ground. 126 is my pace count for 100 meters in mountainous terrain. So I am guesstimating Mm. where the fuck I am at. And by the way... When I plot it on the map, that's not exactly where it is. Mm. I'm a little, the pen's a little bit bigger than what, you know what I mean? Like there there are these little, and I'm not lying, maybe I'm a little nervous. And so I'm heading in a general direction with a general idea of what my pace count is or what my capabilities are or what my measuring stick is. And then when I get to the general area, well, I'm going to drop my rucksack. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to take a sip of water. And I'm going to recon the area. And I'm going to look for my actual singular point of contact, right? Or the thing that I'm looking for, whatever it may be. I think that's true with any goal, right? You have to understand the general direction that you're going in, right? You can't be going 
you can't be going at 155 degrees when you should be going at 62 degrees. So you have to understand the general direction that you're going in. You have to understand your general capabilities and where your sharp fallings may be, and then just start moving. You just got to start. You just got to start moving, and you know, in in that general, and and when you get sort of close, and you're like, I think I'm, I, you know, all of my numbers say I'm like sort of close. Well, then start dialing it in. Mm. Then start start nailing it down. So this will probably be the last quote from directly from the book. I mean, we'll still continue to talk about it. But do you start when you're motivated, or do you start and then get motivated? I thought this quote was really interesting. It starts. Someone once asked. Somerset, and I'm going to butcher this Somerset's last name. Someone wants to ask Somerset Magham if he wrote on a schedule or only when inspiration struck. And the response, I write only when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, strikes every day at nine o'clock sharp, <laughs> which I thought was super interesting. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, I know that at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to sit down at my computer and I'm going to write, or I sit down my my inkwell and quill and i begin to write however you do it you just need to show up i feel like and showing up i i think is like 95 percent of the battle 100 percent agree 100 percent agree 95 percent of the battle absolutely i think a lot of people are afraid to embarrass themselves they're or, afraid or, to fail or realize that you know, this is hard or or i'm not very good at this this book actually goes into, there's another section that talks about how, as a person, no, you can't do everything. There are things you're just not good at, and and you yes. need to be okay with that. Yep. Not everybody can draw. No. Not everybody can play an instrument. Not everybody can speak a different language. Yep. You just need to be okay with that. But there are other things you can do, because the person that can do those things maybe can't do this. Definitely. There's definitely something that you can do that nobody else can do, for sure. And I, I, so that, that, I love that quote. And, and I think that it comes back to this sort of perception of, I get to do this rather than I have to do this. Mm. Right. Is if it is something that you enjoy and something that you're passionate about, like take, take this for example, right? We need, we like this. 100%. We think it's fun. Mm -hmm. Getting started has been a little awkward. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And we got to sort of warm up a little bit and get the juices going. If we only sat down and did a podcast when we were like, we have this perfect idea of this perfect outline for this perfect theme, it would never happen. It would never, we wouldn't even be sitting here right they now. They actually talk about that in, in the book about how the first, he talks about sitting down to write and he relates it to going for a hunt for his family, like back in the day. Yeah. He said, okay, the first hour. I'm just running. You know, my legs are kind of sore. It's hard to catch my breath. I don't really know where I'm going. But then the second hour, I have a direction. I've picked up a scent. I've picked up a trail. Yep. And now I know what I'm going for. The third, fourth, and fifth hour, I'm I'm on the hunt. Yeah. And I've got a kill. Yep. And the sixth hour is walking back to camp. And I can go to my family. And provide nourishment. And I thought that was a really interesting way to explain the creative process yeah. that most people don't start at a hundred. They just start. They just start. And it's like, oh, this is fucking clumsy. And I don't know how to, how do my hands work? I don't, yeah. words are hard. We've words, said that yeah. so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But as you keep going, it's like, oh, fuck, all right, words maybe not. So I want to go back to a lot of people are scared to do, like, the hard stuff. You know, they're scared. Maybe getting started is, is where this came from. Like, <clears throat> when something's really hard and you know that it's going to be hard, or maybe you're not, like, you, like okay, I can't play basketball in the NBA. <laughs> right like me neither I'm, bro uh, yeah i'm five foot nine and and uh, like uh, i'm not i'm not gonna be this you know nba basketball player it doesn't mean that i can't go and have fun and do it you know oh, totally and i think that and that that that's a super extreme example but but let's say like running a marathon mm -hmm. right your goal is to run a marathon you don't have to run it in two hours and 45 minutes, right? Your goal is just simply complete a marathon. Which is what, 26.2? 26.2 miles, which is a lot, by the oh, way. Yeah, and 100% fuck that, but... On, on the Boston Marathon, I hit a wall at mile 15. I'd hit a wall at mile two. But if you just trained a little bit... I'd hit a wall at mile at five. mile 15. <laughs> hey, you'd hit a wall at mile 15 like the rest of us. Yes. So I think that, like, I had that goal of running a marathon for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, right? It's just hard. It's, 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 it's a hard fucking thing to do. And I think that people put off the hard stuff where really, like, that's the way. Doing the hard things is what moves you through being a better person in life, I think. Oh, I'd agree with you. But I think that people look at the hard things, I don't want to say the wrong way, because they are hard and you should be intimidated. I think being intimidated is humbling. It opens you up to be taught and learn and all those things. But we'll continue to use running a marathon as an example. When you start to run a marathon, running 26.2 miles on your first go is ludicrous. Not going to happen. Is ludicrous. Not going to fucking happen. So are you afraid of doing hard things or are you afraid of doing the work to get to the hard thing i think it's both right? because it's like, because like with a marathon okay 26.2 miles let's start by running a mile a, mile. a single yeah. mile yeah how did i do let's do that for a week all right now let's run a 5k let's do that for yeah. as long as we need to to feel yeah, yeah. comfortable yeah and let's run a 10k yeah then let's run a half and and then we're there but that well but that's where it gets hard you're not there. You're not even close to there. People think people think a half marathon is a half marathon. It is not a fucking half marathon. A half marathon is like a quarter marathon. <laughs> that's That's interesting. That's what it feels like. A half marathon feels like a quarter marathon when you're running an actual marathon. Huh. It is um you are not there. You are not there. You're that's interesting. You're if you're running a half marathon at like three hours, let's say, like the average person is probably running it at 245, three hours, I think is, you know, the normal person, like the the, the hobbyist runner. Mm -hmm. You're like three or four months away from a marathon. Like your training runs need to be 20 miles. That, that it's, it's, it is, and that was the mistake that I made. Mm. A fucking half marathon, and you know me, dude. I usually like we talked about on the first episode. Like I ran the thirty-one miles on almost—I mean, no training, 
Right. Almost. No, but that was all self-sustained. There was no real time limit. It was all you. It was all me. Right. This wasn't like a, a, a an ultra marathon that was put on by anybody. No, it was just you challenging yourself. It was just me doing it, right? And my wife meeting me every five miles to give me fucking bananas and Gatorade. What a trooper. What a animal, dude. Seven and a half, seven hours, 34 minutes and some change. That chick sat in a fucking car and, and drove around and, and, you know, listened to me, bitch. <laughs> For no reason, mind you. Oh, yeah, this is right? 100% just, I want to do this. I'm just going to do this for my 30th birthday. That's all. That's all it was. But running the Boston Marathon was way harder, even though it was shorter, you know, a shorter distance. I, there's a time hack there and and you're, you know, you're 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 not able to stop every you know what I mean? It's just, it, there's different logistics that go into it. But I guess my point is doing hard like I learned a lot about myself and doing hard things can be very enlightening. So even if, and mind you, I didn't finish the Boston Marathon, right? I got pulled at mile 20. Right. That taught me a lot about me. Like, and I failed that thing. And 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 I look at it as a, as a failure. And it was like, oh, 20 miles is, you know, Jesus, that's farther than I, think I, I would. I think I texted you that. Yeah. I was like, Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. But it's it wasn't the goal. Right. Right. I it wasn't that. it wasn't the goal. While twenty miles is awesome, especially at the Boston Marathon, that's like it's that's iconic. a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. Completely disheartening that I didn't get to finish that experience. Right. And that was a mass and, and the shame. The shame I felt. The shame. Right? But that is the risk that you take when you're trying to do hard things. And you know what? The people around you. That text message you sent me was the text I got from almost everybody, dude. I'm sure. Failing at something isn't as bad as you think it's going to be. No. Even if it's something big. Sure. It's important to try. It's important to be there to show up and and to to meet whatever it is that inspires you. And you're going to be better for it. A hundred percent. Whether you get 10% to goal, 15% to goal, 50%, 80%, whether you get to the third day before Mountain Warfare School and get kicked the fuck out, whether you get to mile 20 on the Boston Marathon and have to get pulled off the course, like it's still better than never having done it. Yeah. And there's still an opportunity for retribution. You're showing up and showing the resistance. Fuck you. Not today. Not today. Not today. And you know what? You got to wake up tomorrow and fucking face that again. Yep. But we'll be there. Yeah. Show up. Never end. So The War of Art, I thought, was a really great book. Um, it's a very easy read, and I would definitely recommend it. Um, and it's it's not just for creative people. I mean, it's it's very based on, I mean, he's a writer himself, so it's difficult to to write about or talk about something that you don't relate to and having it relate to what you know. Yeah. But I feel like you can apply this book and a lot of the stuff that it teaches you to literally everyday life. Whether you're trying to be a better artist or you're just trying to be a better person, I think that you'll find something that you can take away from this book. And what I think is really cool and maybe a topic for a different day is that he wrote another book called Turning Pro, which is all about, you know, going from the amateur where you're trying to figure out your routine, you're trying to figure out you know, where you fit in to actually making this your career. And 
again, I thought it was really interesting. Another really easy read. Um, and again, maybe a topic for another day, but I would definitely recommend that everybody go out and either buy the book or read it or steal it or whatever you got to do. Um, I think that, <laughs> I think that a lot of the information in there will be valuable. I would recommend reading this book. So again, it's the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, you can get it in paperback, Josh got it on audio. Um, yeah, go out and get it. I'm going to listen to it. I think it's worth it. Again, I mean, for I'm anybody that is trying to better themselves and reach a goal, this is applicable. I think that there is a fine line between like self-help books, which is like the super cringy sort of, you know, shit and like just profound improvement. What, what's a profound concept? improvement? Yeah. That needs to be a fucking category. <laughs> Right? Just like the concept of profound improvement. Next time, I already, Next time. I already know what my book is going to be. Is it going to be the one you wrote? It is not going to be the one I wrote. Okay. Uh, maybe you can bring the one I wrote at some point. That'd be super interesting. That would be interesting. To be like, hey, this is what I got. I have a copy of Am I right? I have a copy upstairs. I'll give it to you. No, I'll buy it. No, no, no. I'll give it to you. It's upstairs. I have like, you know... Fifty right. million of them. Right. It's not like they sold. Hey, but but you Actually, showed they up. Sort of did. You showed up and you fucking did it. Doesn't matter if one, yeah. two, zero, yeah. five thousand sold. It's irrelevant. I I wrote that book for me. I know you did. Yeah, I wrote I, that book for me. I think I sold like five hundred copies. That, like that that's more than I would say. What ninety five percent of the population? Yeah. I'll give you. I'll before we leave. I'll I'll give it all to right, you. Right. And if you if you so feel like bringing it at one point, by all means. Fuck yeah! I um, again, I think that'd be super interesting to be like, this is what I got, and actually be able to talk to the author and have him be like, <laughs> "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's not what I meant. Uh, that would be interesting. It would be. My book is going to be "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Ooh. David Goggins. I have an interesting man. Signed copy upstairs. He frightens me. I have also listened to that audiobook. No bullshit. Ten times. Why? I listen to it when I run. But okay. But why? Like, I mean, I so I listen to the same I mean there are nine songs every time I play hockey on PlayStation. I don't yeah. want anybody to get the impression that I'm super athletic. <laughs> yeah. I listen to the same nine songs yep. because I feel like it puts me in this place of like peace. I feel comfortable. I know what to expect. And it puts me in this spot that I can, I can play better. Listening to that book, it brings me to a place of darkness, which I need when I'm running. It makes it very apparent that there are worse things than what I'm facing right now. So this like 10 mile run that I'm doing is not that bad. Like, don't be a bitch in comparison to, in comparison to okay. what X, Y, and Z. I got you. So is that why you need to be in that dark place? Is that kind of answer the question that I was going to ask that, uh, for running? Yeah. I'm just a better runner when I'm in a dark place. Fair enough. It makes me, like, with jujitsu, I need to be calm. And mm -hmm. with lifting and running, I need to be in a very dark place. Hey, whatever. We're, I mean, when I lift, <laughs> I listen to the angry music. But 
Angry music, I, I, it, that doesn't put me in a dark place. Really? No. So yeah, all over. The War of Art. Definitely go get it, read it, enjoy it, and yeah. You want to give our review on the second beer? Fuck yeah. Let me open it. Okay. Here, ready? Okay, so this one, this is Kona Brewing Company, Big Wave Golden Ale. And I'm not going to lie, this is way more up my alley. <laughs> then don't worry. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm going to give this without any knowledge of what's in it or any of the, the fancy words they put. I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? I'd fucking hammer these. Wow. Okay. So, um, Kona Brewing, Big Wave Golden Ale. It says liquid aloha. Yeah, I'm feeling it. Paddle into easy drinking. Island refreshment from Big Wave. So smooth, it's like catching the crest of a breaking wave at Oahu's Makaha Beach and gliding all the way into the sandy shore. I feel that in my mouth. Paradise. It's just a sip away. Sure is. So bring your ohana along for the ride. Ohana means family. (laughs) (laughs) One life. Right? Right, bro. No, this really is paradise in my mouth. Pretty dope. Yeah, it actually is pretty dope. I would sit on... I would sit on the beach in Costa Rica and drink that like all day. Yes. Yeah. This is definitely like a sitting in your beach chair in your backyard in the grass, like just just enjoying. Yes. Yeah. That is very drinkable. Yeah. This is something that, and and so I guess talk about my beer preference with beer. Beer is a very social thing for me. Like with whiskey and scotch, like I will drink that by myself. That sounds like I have a problem, but- (laughs) Like I, I, I enjoy finding new whiskeys and scotch and scotches trying and trying them and, yeah. and that whole thing with beer. You're not drinking it to get drunk. You're drinking it to experience it. Yeah. With, with beer, typically it's social and I just want to be able to drink them. I don't want to have to think about or deal with this weird taste in my mouth. I do that enough. <laughs> I'd add that in like just something that's simple to drink. And I feel like the Kona big wave. Is that for me? It's pretty good. It's very drinkable. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very drinkable. You gave it a, an eight? I gave it an eight. I feel like an eight. You could you you could knock me down to a seven and a half and I'd be okay, but I was feeling pretty peachy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a seven six. The fuck is with you? <laughs> seven six, two point five like fucking Christ. No, what was it? Five point two? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something something like that. <clears throat> it's a little better than seven and a half. It's not quite an eight. Okay. It's a little better than seven and a half. It's a seven point six. Okay. Hey, you know what? I can get behind that. And I can see where you came from. <sighs> I like this. Yeah, this one's really good. Yeah, it's good. So for all those people that are drinking right now, or not drinking and have plans on drinking. Go to your local packy. I've ne- I have, I have, I have never, I have never once called a liquor store a packy. I just felt like it was necessary, and I'm glad I did it, and it will never happen again. 
Go to your local packy. Get to your local packy and pick up a fucking six pack of this shit. Yeah, do you think that actually that's that brings up a very interesting topic. Do you think that I mean people are gonna know that we're from Massachusetts, right? Well we told them, yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, eventually like it'll be known, right? Yeah, we'll drop an R here or there. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that they'll be disappointed that we don't have those like very thick Massachusetts accents? Uh, people will be, I think we'll have a mix. Yeah. There was a big deal when Chris Evans on the fucking I red know. carpet, his accent slipped. Like, do you think that was real? Yeah. Yeah. He talked like a fucking weird. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I think that it was, was so weird. Yeah. Dude. I think it was real because sometimes it just fucking comes out. Like you're just in the moment. He probably had a couple fucking casuals. You think so? Oh dude, yeah. That's so weird, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think people will be disappointed at first, and then be like, "Nah, it's fucking way better that they don't is. they yeah, don't yeah, sound yeah, like yeah, that." Because yeah. I would have to turn this shit yeah. off. You know what is the most unattractive? Is that accent on a woman? Oh my god! Oh hada! Oh hada! Oh my what's god! Was that from Ted? From <laughs> Ted? Yeah. Oh my god! Back. Fucking, you're such a fucking piece of shit, kid. Anybody that wants to know what Boston is really like. Ted. That is what it, yeah. Ted, the dude. town. Yeah. All those things are so yes, accurate. they're so accurate, dude. And it's like, that is the, and I have seen some smoking hot women in Boston, but the accent is like, I would rather fuck a donkey. Okay. <laughs> I feel like our accent has like been fading. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Right. let me let me let me explain unless you live in boston or west roxbury or dort like like you're talking about the whole outskirt of yeah boston. i would say i feel like those Everything things would be considered boston, boston okay. if you live okay. in massachusetts okay so where do you feel boston quote-unquote ends like dedham dedham okay all right i think from enough. there on yeah most people sound like us i agree i would agree so, I mean, I feel like the Boston accent's not fading away. Every, people will know what we're talk talking about. about. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like most people... Well, do you feel... Do you feel like... I feel a lot. This beer is so fucking good. It's so good. Like, the geographical location is smaller or bigger than, like, 10 years ago. Because it's like... Like, was the accent only to, you know, Boston... Where now the idea of Boston is like West Roxbury. Yeah, I think so. And, you know what I mean? So is it actually that the accent is moving out <laughs> instead of moving in? I don't know. That's a good point, actually. Because anytime that people ask me like where I'm from, if I ever leave the state, I just say Boston. Boston, yeah, of course. Which is so funny because I live We're closer to Providence? Like 20 minutes from <laughs> Providence, yeah. you could throw a stone from my backyard and hit, and hit Rhode Island. Dude, you could spit and hit Rhode Island from here. So- yeah. I think it's different than the accent, though. See, the Rhode Island accent, that's the one that I, I have more than a Massachusetts accent. I find that worse than the Boston accent. It's very New York or New York. New York. Yeah, water. That was my nickname when I was in... Uh, water? Water. Water. That was my nickname through, like, the first few months of basic training. Why? Because I was like, hey, I need to grab some water. And they were like, what? Water? Ha, ha, ha. 
it's just a bunch of fucking delinquent children. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody gets a weird nickname. What I thought was great, and I never knew this before, but my one of my friends and I went to see a band in St. Louis. So we drove from the Boston area to St. Louis. If you've never done That's that. That's a drive, dude. If, you, if you've never done that, fucking don't. It's horrible. Missouri's a hot minute away. Yeah. It was 21 hours, I think. Yeah. That's where I went to basic training. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, fuck, fuck that drive. Yeah. Fuck um, Missouri. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We had a good time in Missouri. We, we saw the arch. Mm. We walked around a bit. It was pretty cool, but okay. not the story. I don't know where I was going with this story. Oh, I remember. So we broke down somewhere on this drive and we were young. We were still in high school. We probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have made this road trip. But um, we got to the dealership to get his car fixed. We're like, hey, do you have like a bubbler? Oh. And they were like, oh, what? A what? Yeah. A bubbler for like water? Like, oh, you mean a water fountain? It's like, well, no, that's outside I mean, in the middle bubbler. of the fucking yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. angel that's peeing. Yeah. Like that's a water fountain. Yeah. You fucking loony. Yeah. No, no, it's not. No, you guys are the only ones. Yeah, I never knew that. Same yeah. with a uh, a rotary. It's not Same. a rotary. It's a roundabout. Same with coffee milk. Fucking coffee milk. I hate coffee milk. But so do I. It's disgusting. Yeah, people that like that. You guys should fucking die. I don't jump know. If you should, I don't bridge. know if you should die. Maybe no, jump. Off maybe jump off a bridge that's like nine feet off the ground. Mm, break an ankle. Maybe twenty. Or break your legs. <laughs> However you want to break something. But yeah. Um, Let's give a synopsis. Synopsis. So, let's start with the beers. All right. First beer we had was Don't Worry by Wormtown Brewery. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, I thought this beer was drinkable. Mm. I would probably have two and move on with my life. Which is exactly what we did. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you're looking for something that's overly hoppy and you're into that kind of thing, it's you. It's yeah. all you. Yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah, if you if yeah, for sure. And then the second beer we tried was from Kona Brewing Company, called Big Wave Golden Ale. In my opinion, very fucking drinkable. I want it all in my mouth. Yeah, very good. So if if you're going to a party and you don't like to drink hops taste the way this did and i'm pointing like you can fucking see that the don't worry tasted like definitely grab a big wave even if you like that stuff grab a big wave because yeah. it's delicious yeah grab a big wave. It'll, it'll be a good cleanser in between the don't worry so you don't get sick of that hoppy taste yeah don't worry just don't buy it just <laughs> just 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 go with big wave just be hoppy and grab a big wave yeah buddy and then in terms of in terms of the book The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Again, I think that if you are a creative person or you're looking to accomplish a goal, can't hurt to read it. I thought there was a lot of really good information. Um a lot just a different way to look at things. Uh again, talking about failure and kind of how you set yourself up to succeed. Not nothing is off off the table. And the biggest thing for you to do is to fucking just show up. Just hit the record button or just start playing or just start drawing or whatever. You don't you don't need a plan. You don't need an end goal. Just fucking start yep. and you'll get there. 
Yep. Yep. And you'll learn a shitload of lessons along the way and you'll adjust and you'll readjust and you'll adjust and you'll readjust. And you guys can't see it, but the book has a shitload of um, little fucking, what do you call those? Post-it, Post-it notes. Um, so there's obviously a bunch of good information in there. I'm sure we didn't get to all of it. No, we didn't. Again, I, I love this book. and I've read it. I think preparing for this, this is probably my sixth time going through it. And I just got in December. So, I mean, I, again, I, there's, that means something. And there's always something in it that like I take away that I didn't before. Yep. And I thought it was so interesting how unspecial I was. I thought that mm. I was like the only person that couldn't figure out my shit and get going. Nobody figures out their shit and gets going. And I read a book that has been, in circulation for the last 20 years that explains me. I thought that was really interesting. So That's like Meditation by Marcus Aurelius. Maybe, okay. I'll, maybe I'll bring that. Marcus Aurelius, name drop. Maybe I'll bring that uh, did, did, after did, Can't did, Hurt Did me. you drop that over there? Did you drop, did you drop Marcus Aurelius <laughs> over there? Uh, relevant after centuries, right? It's been centuries since he wrote it, and... And that book was actually, his writings were a journal and were never meant to be published to the public. And his his thoughts and his views and his concepts are still very relevant today. But keeping in line with just getting started and failing and getting feedback, whatever platform you may be listening on, if you could leave us some sort of a review... If you liked the sip and read, if you hated it, if you thought we spent too much time on Thor, right? If you if so you think handsome. if you think I'm an asshole, whatever it may be, whatever your thoughts are, whatever your feedback is, leave it in a review. Or if there's something or if there's something else that you want us to talk about. Yeah. Like if you're like, hey, the sip and read is pretty cool. Or if but there's a book. In- Yes. If there's a book that you would like us to review and you think that it would be helpful yes. for, for us to expose people to, let us know. I'm right? into it. We, we believe all feedback is a gift, whether it's positive, negative. It helps Justin and I get better at creating this thing that we enjoy so much now. We're only three episodes in, but um, I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's so much fun. I love it. Um, and And... You know, you guys are going to help us shape how we drive this moving forward because at the end of the day, it's about you and it's about what you guys find valuable. So please let us know in uh, in a review or on, uh, you can just message me on Instagram. My, my tag is uh, Joshua underscore does underscore life. Or Justin right. now has an Instagram. Let's yes. go. Yes. You can hit up Justin on. Yes, it is Justin underscore DL project. Yeah. Again, if if you have something that you really liked, you really don't like, want to hear more of, message me. Or I'm open. If you have any other feedback, you can go to our organization's Instagram at the Do Life Project. Super simple, super easy. Um, Justin and I are checking it every day. Uh, if you feel like following us, there's no posts up yet. There's nothing like that up, but, um, you know, we're going to start, we're going to start throwing stuff on there sooner 
rather than later. Yeah, you'll probably see some stuff prior to hearing from tonight to hearing for this. sure. Yeah, yeah. So, hell yeah, guys. We look forward to hearing from you, or not hearing from you, whichever you, you know you feel like is important. And otherwise, fucking rock on. At the end of the day, do life or don't, because it all ends the same way. Fuck yeah. Peace.